From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for the week of August 2nd, 2012. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Wayne Toygo, and Tony Spatel. Mary Jo Mulata-Willie will join us later on. In this week's show, Nancy tells us about some of the new options at Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen, and Mary Jo reviews the new exhibit at the Disney Gallery. All that, plus this week's news and Roundtable Rapid Fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hey! Hello. Hello. How are you guys doing this week? Fantastic. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry, that's Tom's line. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just step right in there, you know me. For all of those people that wonder whether they should come out to Disneyland, I was recently at a conference with people from all over the country, and as they were getting ready to go back <clears throat> to look at what their weather was going to be, oh, it's going to be 100 and humid, 96, I mean, disgusting, I very happily showed them what it was going to be like in Southern California, and it was going to be, you know, a high of 80. Disneyland in the summer is pretty awesome. That was kind of mean. Kind of, kind of mean. Oh, it was totally mean. I was I was very, very much advertising that Southern California's weather is amazing. So. Yep. It's going to be nice this week, too, in the 80s. Nice. Very. I should come down. You should, I think. How about Thursday, Tom? Um, I'm busy Thursday, but maybe uh. Wednesday. Okay, does anyone... <laughs> I have I have a bunch of housekeeping, so let me go through one or two, and then I'll give everybody else a turn. One thing I wanted to clarify that doesn't fit anywhere else, but has been a headache on the boards the last couple weeks, every other thread is about this, is the new Magic Morning Hour, Extra Magic Hour policy that's happening at the Disneyland hotels. So I'm going to run it through it real quick so that people can refer to this and not have to every other thread be about Magic Morning Hours. Okay, so folks, if you are staying off property and you have a three-day or more uh, ticket, your Magic morning hours have not changed. You get one magic morning hour, morning magic morning hour day, and that is either a Sunday, Saturday, Tuesday, or Thursday. That has not changed and will not change. Now, for folks at the Disneyland hotels, Disneyland Hotel, Paradise Pier, or Grand Californian, currently there is a special going on through September 29th. You can get into either. Disneyland or Disney California Adventure one hour early any day of the week. Either either park any day of the week. Now, after September 29th, we're assuming it is going to refer, revert back to Disneyland one hour early on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and California Adventure one hour early on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And again, if you are a hotel guest, you are not limited to one day. You can do that every day of your stay. So I just wanted to run through that real quick because there has been lots of confusion on the Disneyland boards. Um, other real quick one, we are going to have a Diz Meet. I'm organizing a Diz Meet on August 10th. That's Friday 
at 7 o'clock at Trader Sam's. That is the weekend before Destination D. I'm going to be down there all weekend, and I know a lot of other Dizzers are. So if you are around, come stop by and say hello. Sounds fun. Yes. Um, anybody else have a housekeeping before I keep going? I have a couple. Go ahead. Okay. Um, we were down at the park the other day, and I noticed, number one, the Buena Vista Vugal is on its second issue. So it looks like these are coming out quarterly now. And the, and the Buena Vista Bugle, as we said in one of the other shows, it's a little newsletter that's coming out um, that you can pick up by the red car trolley station as you walk in past the turnstiles to DCA on Buena Vista Street. Um, so that's my first one. Secondly, do, I'm pretty sure we mentioned that there's a unique series of pin, um, buttons that are being given out by cast members in Carsland. I, Did we I don't know if we mentioned that? it. I remember seeing them, but I'm not sure. We we were doing lots like of press coverage. And the opening, people were just getting them handed out to them by cast members in at the retail establishments. At okay. The well, they were. Aren't they doing trivia or something for that now? Yes, and there's a series. We we were talking to somebody who had two of them on, and it turns out there's a series of six pins, buttons, not pins. I always yeah. Yeah, I'm not a pin collector. Sorry, guys. Anyway, there are things like um, there's a a really girly one, Princess something or other, and then there's like Speedy Mix something or other, and just all these things. There's a series of six that you can get. You go into the merchandise um, establishments in Carsland, so that's Ramones, Sarge's, and, oh, help me. Radio Springs Curios. Yes, the curio shop, Lizzie's curio shop. So you go in there and you ask who has the buttons and ask a cast member, not a guest, because most of the guests won't know. And then once you get in to that cast member, do the trivia thing, and they will hand you a button if you're right. Nice. So I I thought we had talked about that, but like I said, there's a series of six. My job is going to be to find out exactly how uh, many I can get this weekend, nice. just to see which ones they are, because it's kind of it's kind of unique. It's like they've made up a whole bunch of brand new characters to mm-hmm. put on, so it's right. not the classic Cars characters. Um, anybody else have housekeeping? Uh, chat night Wednesdays 9 p.m. Pacific. Don't be late. Uh, if you want to email the team, dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. Email us early and often. And one other housekeeping. The Orlando team announced this, and I just want to pass it on to our listeners. Uh, Diz Cruise 1.0. This is for not just fans of podcasts, but fans of the Diz in general. It is a seven-night cruise, leaving out of Fort Lauderdale, going to the Eastern Caribbean, and that is August 24th, 2013. So if you're interested, there is information on the podcast page. Ooh, I have another housekeeping. And Nancy has another housekeeping. Real quick, um, we should probably remind people about all the great information on those West Coast Pixar cruises that um, Pete had on his interview with, oh help me out goodness. with the name. Uh, Jim Uri? Jim Uri, who's the director of entertainment for Disney Cruises. Right, right. And they 
they went into a lot of depth in their conversation about. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that, if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to that one because that's that's a lot of information on those those West Coast cruises, and there are some great deals mm-hmm. if you can work those cruises. Those are seven night cruises. I think they were as low as six hundred dollars a person. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, remarkable deals if you can go. Annual passholder annual passholder discounts out there. Six hundred bucks a person. I'm like, yes. Let's go, Tom. Win. September, October. Yeah. Oh well, it'll take some days off, but. (laughs) And and a reminder for people who would be interested in the cruise that Laster will be John Laster, who's yeah, he's he's going to be on one uh, one random out of the four. Not telling (laughs) which one, so you might get lucky, you might not. We'll just go on all of them and. Have oh, that sure. expectation, yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like awesome amounts of fun. Trips to the Walt Disney Family Museum, just all that stuff. Yay. <laughs> I'm so jealous. The thought of doing a West Coast cruise is just well, absolutely... I mean, leaving out of L.A. Cool. just out in your back door, in your backyard. I know. Kids are already in school at that point. Uh, okay. Thinking about being a parent. Feeling guilty that you're ditching them to take your own personal private cruise. It's 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 part of your job with airports. <laughs> I use that a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have to go to Disneyland cool. for work. Yeah. All right. If we are done with housekeeping, let's move over to Tony with the news. For everybody that's probably already heard about this, throughout the week in Anaheim, Anaheim police remain on alert in the aftermath of two fatal officer-involved shootings as days of unrest that culminated in a violent protest appeared to have waned, even as authorities prepare for the possibility of future demonstrations. With no specific marches or demonstrations planned in Anaheim itself, police were in a holding pattern, Sergeant Bob Dunn said. Anaheim officers were assisted by Orange County Sheriff's Department deputies for increased patrols, while officers from other cities remain on standby in the event that more manpower is needed. Side note on that later. The streets of Anaheim were calm after four days of, at times, violent unrest. It was a sharp contrast from the chaotic scene earlier in the week when a crowd of 1,000 protesters set trash fires and smashed windows at about 20 downtown businesses and threw rocks and other projectiles at officers in riot gear who deployed beanbags and pepper balls at demonstrators refusing to disperse. The clashes between the crowd and police resulted in six injuries and two dozen arrests. Anaheim Police Chief John Welter said 20 of the arrestees were from Anaheim, with four from other areas. Charges included assault with a deadly weapon, failure to disperse, interfering with an officer, resisting arrest, and battery. Dunn said police will respect protesters' rights to demonstrate, but will not tolerate violence, vandalism, or other crimes. On the day of this recording, which is Sunday, approximately eight days after all these things started, four more people were arrested in further protests. The arrests followed a march earlier in the afternoon from police headquarters in downtown Anaheim to within a half mile of the pedestrian entrance to the Disneyland Resort on Harbor. Chanting, Whose Streets Are Streets, the marchers passed cop cars emblazoned with the names of cities as far away as Mission Viejo and Dana Point. Those that don't know, Dana Point is about the furthest south you can get in Orange County. The crowd was met on harbor at Ball Road by a line of about 50 police in riot gear and about two dozen police on horseback, preventing the group from advancing south toward Disneyland. Dunn said the blockade was established to prevent the protesters from marching across the Harbor Boulevard Bridge over I-5, not to stop their advance toward Disneyland. We didn't want them to throw debris on the freeway if at all possible, Dunn said. 
The blockade, which temporarily forced the closure of one of the main traffic intersections for visitors arriving to the Disneyland Resort, caused the demonstrators to change direction and head east on Ball. Why can't we go to Disneyland? You're protecting the city, not your people, a demonstrator could be heard yelling at police. As the crowd advanced east on Ball, police began temporarily temporarily closing each intersection ahead of the expected march route because the protesters were not staying on sidewalks. Wow. Sunday's demonstration, not that, Sunday's demonstrations marked the ninth consecutive day of protests against police that have rocked Orange County's largest city. The demonstrations began on July 21st following the fatal afternoon sh- shooting of unarmed Manuel Angel Diaz, 25, in a residential alleyway on Anna Drive just east of downtown Anaheim. Police said the Santa Ana resident was a known gang member who was attempting to flee from the two officers when he was shot. A day later, Anaheim police fatally shot 21-year-old Joel Acevedo, after he fired at officers during a chase, police said. The deaths marked the sixth officer-involved shooting in Anaheim so far this year, all but one fatal. Okay, I'm not Ted Koppel, but I had to, read the, I had to give that story. Um, I heard from, I know someone whose brother is an Anaheim Police Department, and they said basically, oh, when they started headed towards Disneyland, that's when we bring everybody out and we get all the cities in and you don't, basically you don't mess with Disneyland. So I just thought that was <laughs> interesting. Um and it's not really super close to Disneyland for people that are about to come. It, it's it's a, it's on the uh, marathon route. I know that because I know where the police department is. But um, you're okay going to Disneyland. Well, I think it, the, the the closest one was the other side of I five, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, and and it's not as cra- it's not like the Los Angeles riots where everything was crazy. It's some protesting and. I mean, not to make it light of it, but right. I think it's it's not as I think it's it's kind of, it's it's a huge deal because Orange County never has this, but it's I think been made a bigger it's, deal. It's not national crash, media. It's not looting and no, right. it's not. It's pro. Yeah. It's just protests and so. All right, and in in happier news, kind of. <laughs> okay. Disneyland's ban on segways has been given a setback now that the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals justices wrote that Disney should consider the safety of the two-wheeled personal transportation devices before making policies forbidding disabled visitors from using segways. The case was returned to a lower court. Disney officials believe segways are unsafe in theme parks and plan to await the lower court's decision before making any changes. The court took up an appeal of the 2007 case by Tina Bogman, who was forbidden from using a Segway at Disneyland, where she wanted to celebrate her daughter's eighth birthday. Bogman has limb girdle muscular dystrophy, which makes it difficult to walk or stand from a seated position, according to the court document. Bauman of Pacific Palisades sued Disney under the U.S. Americans with Disabilities Act. A lower court sided with Disney because the company does not allow motorized scooters and wheelchairs. But appeals court judges said that wasn't good enough. Disney also should consider new devices. Technological advances didn't end with the powered wheelchair, wrote Chief Judge Alex Kozinski. As new devices become available, public accommodations must consider using or adapting them to help disabled guests have an experience more akin to that of non-disabled guests. David Geffen, the attorney for Bauman, said his client is thrilled with the decision. We're confident that Disney will see the light now and change their policy. Geffen <laughs> said, if you look at the decision, there's lots of there's not a lot of room to move. Disney officials say they already evaluated safety factors, including speed and maneuverability, and making its policy. Disney parks are at the forefront of providing accessibility and award-winning services to our guests with disabilities, said Susie Brown, a Disneyland Resort spokeswoman, in a statement. Go, Susie. 
<laughs> well, there you go. At the one last thing at the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, employees use Segway behind Segways behind the scenes for their jobs, but the devices are forbidden in public areas. So we will see how that plays out. And finally, something a little more Disneyfied. Disneyland's Jungle Cruise is being temporarily closed for the week in order to make it easier to board. The attraction is closing for a week to undergo a project that will shrink the over-the-water gap between the dock and the boats where visitors board and leave the ride, said Kevin Rafferty Jr., a Disneyland Resort spokesman. Bumpers will be added to the boats. The refurbishment is a safety enhancement that is meant to allow our guests to enter and exit the vehicles with greater ease, Rafferty said. Disney did not say if anything prompted the refurbishment. Over 2009 and 2010, the state investigated 10 reports of injuries or medical problems suffered on the Jungle Cruise. It was one of 10 rides with 10 or more reports at Orange County theme parks those years. Two women reported injuries while leaving the ride. Also, a couple has filed a lawsuit saying they were thrown from a seat when a Jungle Cruise boat hit an island. The Orange County Superior Court case is pending. So, again, nothing spurred this on. Well, and they're not only adding bumpers, they added nets around the edges, too. Wow, it's not the same. That's the news. That's the fun news, wasn't it? Very cheery. Yeah. <laughs> cheery? Okay. You just know how to make news. Just woo. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was me. I, I decided I created the riot story, and the there's nothing fun out there. If I would have left the riot story, Edward R. Morrow would be rolling in his grave. That was a very I'm good I'm surprised the unions haven't, like, partnered in on that riot thing. Or the, or well, the, or, or the hotel workers. Yeah. Know, well, I've heard a lot of, um, uh, like, Occupy whatever is is contacting them and trying to get more and more. That's the hotel workers, right? And, um, no, no, Occupy. You know how they had Occupy Wall Street? Oh, okay. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. I guess it's a franchise now. I don't know. Yeah, but um, Occupy San Francisco Anaheim. had something where they tried to like get people to go down to Anaheim. Yeah. and I don't want to discuss the facts in the case. I just don't like it happening that close to Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Tony. Rapid fire. Let's start with Nancy. Okay. Uh, have any of you guys used Ask Auto yet? No. I read about it. I was going to call. How How is it? Um, I actually haven't used it, but I wanted to make people aware that it's actually there. So for those of you who don't use, like, the Mobile Magic app or anything like that, um, they, Disneyland has a new service called Ask Auto, and the logo is absolutely this cute little robot with a little... Uh, operator headset on and what it is is it's offering real-time access to attraction locations wait times fast pass return times etc so while you're in the park or while you're you know before you go in the morning or whatever give a call 714-520-7090 and uh, we should mention that normal call charges apply, subject to availability, which means it may be busy. Um, your call may be recorded. Please obtain parental approval <laughs> callers under 18 years of age. That's, you know, it's like every Disney phone number has. So. If you're 18, get your mommy's permission. Because you know how we moms can be. So it's voice, anyway. so it's voice recognition? Um, or is it like menus with... Press one for press two for. Ah, uh, you know, I I should have because voice recognition works so well. I I should have probably called before I, I put that up. Okay, we'll hold. Fire, but oh, 
I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, actually, um, I was just checking on our boards, and pretty much nobody else knows anything. Oh, somebody did say, um, let's put a shout-out to our Rams dad is the, um, the poster. We found Otto super helpful for checking if Radiator Springs Racers is down, still Oregon. <laughs> we had an evening where we were holding Radiator Springs Racers fast passes. It was down. We wasted time going to DCA, um, California Venture, earlier to try and ride it. And we continuously checked Otto while in Disneyland riding things. It never did come back up that day, but Otto made the situation tolerable instead of totally annoying. See, they well, just thanks, can Otto. use the telephone now. The telephone is not dead. Yep. I think they should just have the cast member at um, Radiator Springs Racers just constantly there to answer the phone live. No, it's not working. No, it's not working. Because I don't know when that thing ever works. Well, you know what? I'll I'll try and use it before our next show, and I'll. I'll I say the thing. I meant the ride. It's never up. So. All right. Thank you, Nancy Wayne. Okay, doke. It has been a while since we've talked about the Walt Disney Family Museum, and I'm sure we have some new listeners who haven't heard many of the details of the museum, and also our regular listeners who'd like an update. The Walt Disney Family Museum is located in San Francisco. It's sort of on the edge of the city in an old military park that they call the Presidio, which is very near the Golden Gate Bridge. In fact, there are some great views of the bridge from the museum. The museum shows the history of Walt Disney and his family from his childhood days to his move to Hollywood in 1923, to the creation of the Walt Disney Animation Studios and eventually the creation of Disneyland and Disney World. There are hundreds of displays, and many of them are interactive. There are tons of memorabilia and artifacts and items from Walt's past and from the studios. In fact, this is probably the largest Disney collection that is accessible by the general public. I don't want to go into a whole review here of the museum, but our Diz friend Michael Bowling has recently posted a blog which has a review and some visitor information. And there's also another blog on the museum by our own Tony Spatel for you to read as well. Oh. Thank you. I forgot Go, about that. Tony. <laughs> Both of those are available on our blog site at www.disunplugged.com. Now, every month, the Disney Family Museum also has special exhibits and events and activities, and those change regularly. They have a very nice large theater where they have presentations and also show some of the classic Disney films. This next month, in August, the museum is going to be showing the all-time classic Disney film, Fantasia. I'm telling you, it is one thing to see this film on your little LCD TV screen in your living room, even if you've got a big 64-inch display, but it's something entirely different to see this film on the big screen in a full theater with theater sound. Do you have your tickets? I'm getting them. (laughs) If you've never seen Fantasia, I can't think of a more appropriate location. If, like me, Fantasia is one of your favorites, then this is a must-see. Fantasia will be shown 
three times a day on most days for the entire month of August. Wow. Normally, there's a small extra charge for the museum's films, but I see a note that Fantasia is included with museum admission. So that makes it an even better deal. The museum is closed on Tuesdays. There are other family and kids' activities, which mostly occur on weekends, and sometimes there are special speakers or presentations. Those also change pretty regularly, and I recommend that when you're planning a visit, you go to the museum's website and consult their calendar page for the most current information. You can find all that information at waltdisney.org. That's the museum's website. Back to you, Tom. Thank you, Wayne. <laughs> All right, my turn. I uh, just wanted to remind people, not remind people, but let people know that the dates for Grad Night 2013 all, are already out, and the information is already out for that. And as we s- speculated, changes are happening again with Grad Night. Once again this year, grad seniors will receive a park hopper ticket that's good during normal hours, so they can arrive anytime throughout the day and enjoy both parks. But new this year, once California Adventure closes, grad night seniors will be allowed to go into California Adventure and party until 3 a.m., with an end, including an exclusive showing of World of Color. So grad night seniors are not going to be spending the night in Disneyland anymore. Interesting. So for those of you who remember staying up all hours at Disneyland, that's yes. not happening anymore. And what's the dates for grad night? Grad night starts May 9th and goes through June 21st, 2013. So Stevie B and uh, and Vogue aren't playing like when I went? No. Oh, man. Or Elder Barge or whatever, yeah. Yeah, no, Elder Barge was not a little or younger. I'm Come just on, referring man. to your Facebook. Post, but he sorry. should. Yes, I know. If Elder Barge did play, I would. I dress yeah, up like there. a kid yeah. and get in there yeah. for yeah, Elder Barge, man. Be a chaperone. Yeah. And all that information is available on the disc, so it's it's all out there. Uh, Tony. Okay, my rapid fire is about SeaWorld. If you stop by a local Southern California subway, so if you're driving down to San Diego to go to SeaWorld, stop by a subway. Pretty easy to find. They're everywhere. And they have a, a coupon that you have to pick up. It has a QR code on it as well. And you can get $20 off wow. if you use that coupon and order online or $15 off if you bring the coupon straight to the uh, the gate, which I think is a huge savings for a, for a subway coupon. Usually those things are like you know, $5, $10 off. Right. And uh, it expires September 30th. So that's a great that's deal. That's a really great deal. Yeah. So. All right. Thank you, Tony. That'll do it for Rapid Fire. Now, our thread of the week. Mary Jo has called this in for us. I, I'm pulling this up. Bloop, 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 bloop. Okay. This is from Amy5869. The title of the thread is, What do you mean I can't add any more days? So I went to City Hall tonight to add days to our five-day park hopper. We are on day three. And she thought bought the biggest ticket she could buy. The young man was very nice, checked with the supervisor, informs me that I can't add any more days to have the biggest ticket Disneyland sells. And in order to get more days, you have to buy a whole new set of tickets, starting over. Um, this thread goes on and on and on. Basically, with the new price increase in June, they stopped selling a six-day park hopper. 
and they stopped allowing people to add on to their park hoppers. Used to, you could add on to up to seven or eight days onto a park hopper. Um, but now they're, they're only allowing five days. And kind of, for me, this brings up the thought of, okay, you just added basically a whole new two lands to Disney California Adventure. You want people to extend their stays at the Disneyland Resort, yet you're only allowing them to buy a five-day park hopper. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. i got to agree with this one. Um, f- five used to be... I used to have no trouble at all burning five days before all the, all the new improvements. And I think for those that are going to make that investment... And stay in the in the resort for an entire week. That's gonna that's gonna force them to go other places. Yeah. Um. Hold on one second. I want to pull something up. I'm gonna quote myself. I just posted a blog from an interview we did back when Carzine was opening with John Storbeck, the vice president of Disneyland. And somebody specifically asked him that how are you what where do you think you are in the process of turning this into a five day resort? And let me let me just quote what he said. Wow, I think we're always looking at it for an opportunity to bring guests into the resort and give them an opportunity to stay another day. And I think we've done that here with Carsland. I think what we've done here, what the Imagineers have done, is give the guests a reason when they come to Southern California to stay one more day, whether they're on a three-day vacation they want to stay a fourth or a five-day vacation, five-day vacation and they want to stay a sixth. It's just a great environment for them. I think Buena Vista Street is a great way to bring guests into the park. You can sit, and he goes on about Buena Vista Street. But they are thinking about that, and it's just amazing that they are trying to only sell five-day tickets and try to get people to either buy more different ticket media or upgrade to passes. Uh, this lady finally ended up talking to a cast member that would help her and upgrade her pass, but it it took it took some doing and some begging and, and it just shouldn't shouldn't be that way. This doesn't apply to hotel guests, does it? I I don't know how that works. I mean, because there are because if you buy, I'm I'm just guessing here. Right. If you buy a six day hotel package that includes park right. admission, right? Surely they're not going to limit you right, to no. f- only five of and those. And this days. also doesn't apply to foreign foreign travelers because they're able to buy longer passes. Right. Visitors from Australia and things like that are able to buy longer passes. So. Interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes. All right. Thank you, Tony and Nancy and Wayne. That is going to do it for this segment of the Design Plugged. Be sure to catch our other two segments this week. We will be back again with you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 